We got backup recorders going. Everything is working. We, yep, we are live, and that means that you may hear a dog bark because if I'm talking, I won't be able to edit myself the dog barking out. And Andrew's going to work, so so he's losing his mind. <laughs> he's like, "Why are you not taking me?" Like, listen, man, I want you, to go to work. Yeah, man. Look, give me a little vest with a with a badge on it, and we're good. Unfortunately, it's that easy in this day and age, and you do have misbehaved service animals, pretend service animals. Oh, man, that's a... Don't want to have that conversation. Uh, I mean, it's not that I don't want to have it. It's I feel like I don't know enough about it other yeah. than just the knock on, like, yeah, I can see how that can be terribly abused. Oh, it is. It, it is. It is. Um, All right, man. So you were here, technically working. Episode 38, we'll start out by thanking first our subscribers, those, those, I got to find a better word because, you know, Chat GPT, it's the answer for everything <laughs> with gravity forms and oh, <laughs> there's a lot of answers for everything. Listen, between gravity forms and uh, GPT, uh, that, that solves all your problems and audio hijack. Uh, everything's good. Yeah. Take care of all your problems right there. Uh, thanks to those who support us through the tip jar. Uh, first and foremost, we, want, we appreciate you. Uh, I got do have an update for you guys coming a little bit later on in the show. Uh, also, want to just thank everybody who is subscribed and listens to the show. Or if you're an Apple Podcast, it says follow. If you're following us and whatever your po- if your podcast says follow or subscribe, we appreciate you for doing that too. Uh, thanks for listening and. Uh, Shout out to everybody who has been talking to us on the Mastodon. Uh, Scout. We heard from Scout. Uh, so Scout has been working and going through a, I think it was a uh, analytics class, the statistics class. Uh, and statistics, uh, I can't even say it. So look, the subject is really hard because you can't even say the word. Uh, but yeah, we heard from Scout and we heard from a new couple of new followers or listeners who uh, reached out to us on Mastodon as well. So we appreciate all of you for listening and choosing to be here. Uh, Mike, do we have an update before we get into the main show on our numbers? Because I saw you posted, I think it was Friday, that we were 55 downloads away from 5,000. Did we get there? We did not get there. But I will get those numbers in a moment as soon as I get done finishing writing this post, telling people they can listen live. Uh, So it looks like we are 44 downloads away from 5,000 downloads. So we are getting there. Uh, Posting that on Mastodon did increase that number. So that was, what, 11 downloads um, since I posted that? Well, I guess 11 because your post was responsible for me going to subscribe in uh, Pocket Cast. Uh, (laughs) That's a conversation. Yeah, man. That that is a conversation. curious about that, for sure. For sure. So Um, I have... Yeah. So we're nearly there, which is good. Uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think we were somewhere around 6,900 total for the entire lifetime of uh, the DM series. Is that right? That sounds about right yep. to you? Yep, so that is right. We're about to hit 5,000 in less than a year. I feel good about that. So thanks, everybody. This is why we thank people at the beginning of the show, because if you didn't listen, then we would just be talking on the Internet for no reason. 
Uh, so let's jump into the Pocket Cash conversation because I was in Pocket Cash this morning. So I have switched over to Pocket Cash from Overcast. This is in preparation for my our Android adventures coming up. Uh, and I would ideally like not to have to do a lot of jiggering when I get over to Android. So I started on iOS with Pocket Cast, imported my shows from Overcast, which that list had been cut way down. I, the import process for Pocket Cast is, is actually really nice. I have to give them credit for that uh, because you can pick from a, a short list of podcast apps and they bounce you right into where you need to go. They bounce me right into Overcast. I did the export. Uh, and basically the instructions were, you know, could have done this if I'd have known this is what's the way to do it. Go into your podcast app, export the OPML, and then in the share sheet when it comes up, just choose Pocket Cast as the location you want to send it. Um, how, how expensive is Pocket Cast? So... It looks like for a year subscription is thirty nine ninety nine. Um, I have not hit a point that I needed to pay for anything yet. And full transparency, I'm not aware if the fact that I paid for Pocket Cash years ago when it was a paid app, just a one time purchase app, if that has any bearing on me not having to pay for the features that I'm currently using. Now I'm not using a lot of features. I just have you know my podcast. And, you know, I have access to the effects. I don't know what they block off. So I'm able to, you know, do like the, like Overcast. It has smart speed now. Um, That's voice boost and a few other little settings like that. So I'm able to do that. It does support chapters, which is nice. Um, I don't have access to the watch app, though, because that is a part of this subscription that I'm not paying for. Uh, But I believe it's either $3.99 a month or... $39.99 $39.99 a year. And then they have a couple of higher tiers to give them more support because you really love them and, and they'll be extra happy about that. But I think that's the base price you're looking at, which to me is a little expensive. Yeah, a, a little bit. Um, I also am using Downcast and that's been my regular podcast catcher. And I paid for that years ago and I don't think they have a subscription. I'm not sure. I'm not missing any features, honestly, from Overcast, though, with Downcast. So I am missing some features in Pocket Cast from Overcast. And there are some annoying things that I don't like. So let's start with the the egregious oversight of I'm looking at the list of podcasts that I'm subscribed to. So, you know, I see ATP and I see the audio roundtable, which is still there because uh, that was in my Pocket Cast account from previously. So Overcast, if I was in Overcast and I'm looking at this list of podcasts, when I started cleaning up my podcast list, I would just go through the list. Oh, I don't listen to that show at all. That show is over. Swipe down with one finger, delete, confirm that I want to delete that subscription and keep moving. Pocket Cast. I want to delete a podcast. And listen, there are podcasts still in Pocket Cast because I used it years ago. Um, and so all of those subscriptions are still there because I signed in with my account. I could have created a new account. I chose not to do that. Uh, Pocket Cast. I want to delete the audio round table. Double tap on that. Open it up. Hit a button that says unsubscribe or says subscribed. And then that will pop up a dialogue to confirm that I want to unsubscribe. Okay, now I'm back in the list. 
find another podcast, tap on it, find a button that says subscribe, tap on that, confirm that I want to unsubscribe. Not happy. Very tedious because there is a lot of stuff in here that I don't listen to. And I curled that out of, uh, or curated that out of Overcast. Uh, now I'm partially to blame for this because I did sign into an old account, right? I could have just created a new account, but I feel like I shouldn't be a digital litterer. Like I knew I had an account, so I signed into the account I had instead of just creating a new one. But that process is not smooth or nice because they don't have actions there uh, where they should. Now, inside of an episode list of pod, the list of podcasts belonging to an episode, uh, first and foremost, everything came back, like everything. So open up ATP for example I have 564 whatever episodes of this show in Pocket Cast uh, now fortunately they're sorted by default from newest to oldest but in order for me to get rid of that super long list of podcasts I have to just go in and archive everything uh, not not a huge deal um, can you do a select all in there or um, you can select all or archive all I think is an option yeah. or you okay. can go through and manually select you know do a multi-select thing where you just tap yeah. on the ones you want to select and then remove those. So yeah, that that's not bad. Uh, again, actions here. There are actions there. Let me add to up next or, you know, do a couple other things. What I can't do from within that list is play. I have to tap on the podcast itself, open up the podcast page for that episode, which shows me the show notes. That's cool. And then find the play button and hit play. The play button is kind of right in the middle of the screen. So it's not super hard to find. But again, extra steps that I'm not used to taking. So I don't know if any of this works the way that it works for me because I've changed settings over the time that I've used it. Because uh, I've been using Downcast for what, a month and a half now? Something like that. Something um, like that. At least a good month for sure. Yeah. But in, in Downcast, if I flick down on a podcast, and I had to go find one, which wasn't that hard to do, to delete. Uh, if I flick down on a podcast, I have two actions. I can activate or delete. And then if I double tap, it doesn't even ask me to confirm. It just deletes it, which is kind of handy. That's nice. Um, and then if you activate it, it brings up a list of the episodes from most recent to older but you can change that sort order based on a podcast. So if you're listening to like an audio fiction podcast, you can reverse that and have it played in the other order, um, oldest to newest. And then uh, it also gives you the episode details that you can double tap on. Or if you double tap on an episode, what I wish it would do is just play that episode. It opens the show notes. It does play it automatically, but it also opens the show notes. I wish I could just double tap on it. Um, to, to make it just start playing so I could keep seeing what other episodes are available. Uh, I haven't found an easy way to create like a queued up playlist. So if you, if you start a playlist right now, I have a couple of playlists that I need to be configuring more. Uh, my primary playlist is my news, which I'm changing that to a daily podcast playlist because it's, I've thrown double tap in there and honestly, they're not, really a news show i mean i get some news from them but it's more for entertainment relaxation uh value but i also have like cnn in there or a couple of other news sources um 
and then I have uh, an inbox, which is my, I'm ambitious to set this up and get all the episodes and then work out of that playlist and just listen to everything. And then I have what I'm calling my uh, audio fiction. And that's just going to have a lot of random audio fiction that if they're updated, they're updated. If they're not, and I've downloaded it, it'll be like a, a TV station for the ears. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't gone down the path yet because I've been on Pocket Cast about a week, so I haven't. I've looked at how you can set up, uh, they call them filters, but it's essentially a playlist. Um, and they give you one by default of, you know, recent episodes or something. And then if you actually are actively listening to something, like you have one in progress, like you started it and you paused it, come back later, there's a currently listening so i'm guessing that would help if you jump around because somebody calls you and is like hey you really got to hear what they just said on this show <laughs> you stop listening to what you're listening so it happens people <laughs> it, it does happen uh but that's been decent uh, the other big gripe i have and what i really don't like about pocket cash right now that's super annoying to me is the fact that if i have archived all of the episodes for a show so there's no currently active there's no episodes available in the feed itself uh, until they publish a new one. Unlike over, and I don't see a way to fix this. I, I've looked everywhere I can think to look. So if somebody knows or if I'm overlooking a feature, uh, please let me know. It still shows me that podcast in the list is normal. And what I have gotten used to with Overcast, I can't even remember how Downcast did this, but with Overcast, I have the option to filter by unplayed. Uh, which means it's only going to show me podcasts, not episodes, just the podcasts I'm subscribed to in a list that have unplayed episodes in them. So if I listen to um, Double Tap and I've caught up on all the episodes and there's nothing new there because it's Sunday, so they didn't publish the show today, I'm not going to see Double Tap in my list of podcasts uh, up under that filter. I can switch the filter and show all and then see everything, but otherwise I don't see it. I like that, and I don't like the fact that I don't seem to be able to duplicate that view in Pocket Cast. Because my yeah. brain, if I see a if I see a show, like if I'm, I'm going through the list, like oh, i got to find something to listen to, and I see a show there, automatically, and it's a habit that I'm really going to have to work hard to break, is like, oh, there's a new Connected episode. Let me go, oh, no, 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 there's not. No, there, there's not anything there. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, well... Oh, Daily Tech News Show. All right, there's a new episode. No, 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 there's not. Actually, there's nothing there. It's, it's just a list. Uh, Teases you. It, it Teases does. You. Yeah. So, yeah, I realize this Android adventure is going to have more impact on my life than <laughs> what I want it to. Um, But I'm also at the point where I kind of don't have a choice and have to do it. And it's not because it's for the content, but Mallory told me when I said, I'm going to switch to the pixel. She said, no, you're not. Um, I don't know if I told people that, but she said every year you say you're going to switch to the pixel. You're going to try this Android device and you end up back on the iPhone. I think honestly though, now we're, we might be at the point where the experience isn't as different or maybe it is by default but it can be customized to make it more similar to the iphone so i get a better experience and i i'm doing something a little bit different i think than i have in the past i i would have to go back and look um but i'm going from an iphone 12 so when did that come out in 2018 19 uh, or is that too far back? i think it was 2020 hold on so 15 yeah, was this year 14 13 yeah 2020 
2020. So I'm going from a 2020 iPhone to a 2023 Pixel. Um, so I wonder if that transition just in the ability of the processors, even though it might be different, um, is more smoother for me than going from an iPhone to an iPhone, if that makes sense, because of the advances in technology. I don't know if what I'm saying is is comprehending, but I am also realizing that when I do switch over to the Pixel for a little bit, uh, I'm sorry, for good is what we're going to try to say, at least for a long term. Uh, I'm going to lose apps like Pedometer Plus Plus. So if you are listening, and I know uh, we have at least one listener listening on AntennaPod at 1.5x, uh, if you have a app to track your steps or something like what, what Pedometer Plus Plus gives me, that's going to be important. Though I do realize I'm probably depending on how my lifestyle looks, probably going to lose my streak that I have in pedometer plus plus, which is kind of sad because it's like at 60 days. So, so that it is interesting. Cause I've been thinking about some of this too, like how, how things are going to change. And, and it's the reason I haven't given up on pocket cast. Cause it's like, I'm going to have to make adjustments anyway, going over to Android and like you, I'm going to try to stick with it as long as possible and adjust because it is a different platform, different apps. Uh, some things will be the same. Some things won't. Uh, Steven on Double Tap brought this up uh, in one episode I was listening to a couple of days ago about uh, on Android, like, what's a good Mastodon client for Android? Right? Like, I have no idea. Tusker, I think, is the name of it. There Tusker is, is there's, one I've heard of. I mean, I know yeah. there are some out there, right? I just don't have a starting point. Like, this is all fresh research I have to do because I have to have Mastodon on the phone because I do occasionally uh, post there. And I I do at least like to read what people send to me. I may not reply to it necessarily. I tell it, I, look, I talk about your replies on the show. So, you know, you get Yeah, me that's that's your reply. And yeah. that's how he gets you to come back and keep listening. Uh-huh. See, man, you can't tell people why I do it that way. And they'll be like, oh, okay, he's been manipulating me. I don't like this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, you know, a, a good uh, podcast. I'm going to try Pocket Cast there. I may look at some others because you just mentioned Antenna Pod, which I hadn't heard of. Scout's using it. Ah, okay. Well, see, maybe Scout will be a person I will. Now, we will probably start chatting on Android once I get this phone. Because I'll be like, what What do you use for this? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to be fun. I did also think about the health stuff. Um, one possibility for you, and I don't know if this would preserve your streak or not. Uh, it all, all kind of depends on what you're going to do with your 12 when you move over. You could keep that phone on. Uh, Make it a permanent camera fixture, I guess. Uh, for and just use the Apple Watch and use the Apple Watch so that that can, stuff still goes back. Can Google Fit sync with Apple Health? I know that's I, a weird question to ask. No, but. it's not a weird question to ask because I I tested this a couple of years ago, and if it still works the way it worked then, then yes. But the steps that you have to follow are, <laughs> yeah, it's a process. So it's, it's health data. So I'm glad it's the process, but you have to put the, cause Google health is also available for iPhone, right? Right. So put that on your phone. And I believe if I remember correctly, there is a way to sync that data. So that like what you do in Apple health goes to Google and what you do in Google goes to Apple health. Right. If I remember what I did correctly. And then of course, just set up your health on your Android phone with the same account. And that stuff should be in sync. 
Now I will have to go actually pull my data and I will look because I was thinking about the same thing. Like I think I got this to work several years ago when the Pixel, like when the Pixel 5 was new uh, mm-hmm. is when I think I did this. So that that is a solution. Uh, it's kind of like anybody going from Android or going from iPhone to Android. Um, the one thing I always suggest is before you move your iPhone or before you reset it, you know, install Google Photos, right? Because you want to bring all your photos over to your Pixel. Uh, or whatever Android phone you're going to. So you can sync all of your iOS photos to Google Photos, and then Google Photos is on Android. Boom, there's all your stuff. Are you going to, when you switch over, are you going to do the migration flow from iPhone to Android? I don't know. Uh, I I really don't know. Uh, I've thought about it, but... Um, I think I'm going to. I may... To, if, if that helps your decision, and, and if you want to just do a blank, but I want to... I have always set it up as a new phone. I've, I don't think I've ever done that transition because I'm of the viewpoint of, I don't want all my stuff to be all mixed up and stuff. And then I realize if worse comes worse, I can just reset it and go from there. But I want to try and see what is it going to bring over. I may try it. I, I probably will actually do it too. Now that you're saying it and we're talking about it, because one thing I hadn't considered is that might make it easier to get my eSIM over there. So, ah, yeah. Yeah, and I have an eSIM too, so that'll yeah. We'll see. We can try it in the reverse direction from the Android to the. I don't know if I'm, I'm that ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm frustrated about something. Um, have you you know what Eleven Labs is, right? Yep. Okay, so I was reached out to by someone. Um, and asked, hey, can you take this content and turn it into a, a TTS for me, but have it fairly decent quality? I'm like, sure, that sounds good. It was 13,300 characters. So I'm like, okay, this this is going to be a little lengthy. Uh, the max in the interface that you have is 5,000 characters, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have had to break that up into three different chunks and then combine those audios into one and uh, make that make that one file, which I actually might experiment with to see if that process would work better than what I'm about to share with you. That's in beta. Uh, and I just thought about that because it had some weird pronunciation pronunciations on some, uh, words. And I'm like, why did you misspell that minute is spelt correctly? It sh- it's not minute, I believe is what it was saying. Uh, so anyways, uh, 11 labs created a tool called projects, which allows you to bring in longer form content. It was created for people cr- turning their audiobook or their eBooks into audiobooks. They even have a preset where you can set it. So your audio is the exact parameters that audible needs in order for you to submit content. Just, just throwing that out there. If you have your own book, that yeah, might be something worth exploring. I don't know Audible's terms and conditions against using text-to-speech voices, but it does mean a lot more books possibly coming out. Um, Potentially. The- so I went in there, and uh, you can upload a PDF, an EPUB, or a TXT document, or you can start with a blank, or you can give it a URL, and it will uh, bring that data in from the URL. So I uh, uploaded a PDF and uh, exported the my Microsoft Pages. They <laughs> <laughs> the Pages document to a PDF file and uploaded that to the website. 
Well, when I got into the projects creator, like there were six, I think, unlabeled buttons uh, that were just labeled as button button. The uh, voices dialogue to change the voice is one of those. You've seen it. It's a combo box edit field where you can't actually, it's not a real pop-up. So you with voiceover can't pop it up to view things. But if you tap down arrow once to open the menu and then a second time, it'll give you no feedback, but you can press enter and the option changes. And then you press enter, or I'm sorry, you press down arrow, down arrow, down arrow, and press enter and the option changes. So you have to keep counting that because it starts at the top. That sounds hate, like a lot of work. but It, it is. And what, what really annoys me about those two is some of them do what you just said, where it always starts back at the top. Some of them will pick up where you were, which uh-huh. means you have no idea what you're doing. And some of them pick up where you were after the first page of options is shown. So you're on option nine and it picks up where you were. I'm sorry, you're on option like four and it picks up where you were. And then you get to option nine and it stays on option eight. And yeah. They, they are not consistent. Anyways, the only labeled buttons were like convert and more options and something. I think it was save was the other one. So I ended up converting the uh, entire audio to one voice. And then uh, to preview it, I clicked, I converted the audio again a second time to another voice. Um, it wasn't clear how to change the voice in the projects. And now I have like three or four different projects because I knew how to change the default voice when I set up the project. And the last thing is, is uh, I had to get Ben to help me with getting some uh, voices changed. And he was able to click on the voice and then click the preview button, which I'd never even seen at all because it wasn't visible to voiceover. Um, so him and I went through and we found a voice of course, Ben has his own personality. So in the middle of a professional document, he writes the word dog and <laughs> we thought we edited it out. So it's the the presidential dog report. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, Ben? Really? And anyway, <laughs> so he thought it was funny too. Um Th- that that's my frustration though. So what I ended up doing is I told Chat GPT because we had a delayed recording today. Um, I told ChatGPT, so, well, I want you to research who at 11 Labs I should contact in order to provide them accessibility feedback. And then write me an email and tell them here's, and then I gave it a list of the frustrations I had. The email wasn't perfect the first time. So we worked for about another five, 10 minutes on the email. And then uh, once it got to the point that I wanted it, I copied and pasted that into an email message and sent it off. I copied uh, the feedback at technically working dot show email. So you have it. Oh. So if they do a reply, all you can see it. And I think that might help us if we both start doing that since I finally set it up uh, with being accountable to reach out to these companies. So that, that's, that was my frustration slash rant. I told you I wanted to go on. Not, not a huge rant or frustration, but it, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying enough that I almost just dealt with it, but I realized as as someone who uses these tools with screen readers, I feel like it's my responsibility to provide feedback to these companies. And I, I hesitate with saying that because I'm not sure if that's how I should feel while using a product or if I should feel like I'm a consumer. So why can't I just use the product and why do I have to go out of my way to provide you accessibility feedback? But they may they may not know. I don't know. I'm torn there. Anyways, I'll stop rambling now. Yeah, that's that's always kind of the 
the tear there though in some cases it, you just get more and more annoyed like i have annoyances with one password right now especially on ios that are really driving me insane and it's like what do i do here right do i take time out of my day to try to record a video and send it to you uh do i reach out to you and tell you hey there's more accessibility problems and like you made this slightly worse than it was you know maybe three or four versions ago uh, on ios to where it's basically unusable in some instances or do i just get on my podcast and you know bitch about it because they are aware they have to be aware right that's that's one of the points one password specifically they have to be aware that there are accessibility issues with one password eight because everybody has been telling them since day one of them releasing the beta that there are issues here and they have fixed some of them admittedly uh, on ios they the ios app itself is great where they seem to be falling down very hard at is the extension in the browser so whether in mobile safari um, which they they basically kind of made that unusable for me like i I really can't use it because i'll hit the settings button it's also a tedious process to get there it's not their fault that's apple uh on the phone i have to hit settings or the page you know page settings or whatever hit the one password extension uh face id to unlock it okay all that's great well i'm on a page that i have logins for i'm also on an amazon page which means i have several logins that contain amazon.com right you know there's AWS accounts, there's personal Amazon account, there's business Amazon account, uh, there's my sister's old Amazon account, which I doubt that even works anymore, it's probably deleted. But here's the thing, with this extension, I cannot, I can see the buttons that says autofill, right? But it just says autofill. It doesn't tell me what which of these I'm autofilling. It just says autofill, 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 autofill. I got five things to say autofill. Which one is the right one? I have no idea. <laughs> absolutely terrible uh, I will yeah. give credit where credit is due there for their iOS app having gotten much better than it was when it first got released but you do run into that dichotomy right of how much of my time should I be contributing to a company to help improve their accessibility uh, because I don't get paid for this and this is taking out of time of me working Right, this is taking away from something else in my life, but this was not my choice to make these mistakes. Had you made different choices as a business, then I wouldn't be facing these frustrations. Let's say I uh, do a focus group with pe- different people with different disabilities to make sure that your stuff works for everyone before you release it. Now, to be fair, when it comes to one password, just about everybody's upset. In some form of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not just it's not, not just, just accessibility, it's not just blind people. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a problem with it. So, you know, at least we're kinda sort of on a level playing field, sort of. Now, but, I do want to give credit where credit is due because there are frustrations and then there are companies who they're not communicating with me. Um, that I'm aware of. I also have uh, 1,000 emails in my inbox and 4,000 emails in my at saying later inbox, but we're not talking about that. But Todoist, for example, they have made some substantial improvements to the accessibility and it wasn't horrible in the beginning on the Mac, but there were some quirks that were challenging at some points. But now with me using it over the last couple of weeks, I have 
been impressed with being able to navigate on the Mac through the Todoist interface without any problems. Um, I have not used it on Windows. I'd be interested in some feedback from other individuals because to be honest, I probably am not going to install it on Parallels. And now that I say that, I'm going to go <laughs> install it on Parallels. But if you have tried it and you have feedback in Windows, please reach out and let us know what you think of it. Make sure that you are running the latest um, because they do have a user interface update that uh, has kind of changed things around. I don't know if you noticed this, and I just discovered this yesterday, I think it was, and I haven't went through and played with it. But if you go into the settings on Todoist on iOS, you can actually configure what's pinned there at the bottom, and you can reorder those tabs at the bottom. Um, so if you always have a project oh. that you want there, you can change those around too. So that, like, to me, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This just became a lot more powerful. And it looks like that whole process is accessible. Um, so we'll have to f possibly follow up on that. But that might be a solution. And then I told you, Demasi, that the two-finger double tap magic tap wasn't working um that was incorrect i think or they fixed it on server side because it's been working for me consistently uh, so it's just sometimes when when you provide that feedback or or because i know we've talked about to do it for years i don't know if they listen to the podcast but it, it is a tool that both of us have been always gone back to i think um, and it's a tool that we've had accessibility feedback on the show. And I know other people have given accessibility feedback to Doist for their, their apps. And you see those changes and then you're like, wait, you're a bigger company that has more money or at least outwardly appears to have more money. Uh, your tool could be really useful for other individuals. Why do you have to be so resistant to making it accessible? Um, yeah, or or what is the issue? What what's holding you up, right? When it comes to that, because yeah, you're right. With to do us, oftentimes you don't get a response back from them saying, "Hey, we fixed this. Try it out." Uh, but you will see the change implemented. And I've seen this happen. You know, from me sending them feedback over email, you having conversations with them on Twitter because it was Twitter at the time, uh, and and things getting resolved, or and, and them you know responding to you to say like, "Oh, you know what's going on?" Yada yada yada. So. It, it, it just, it, it becomes so tedious because so much stuff is broken, right? So, so much of, especially the new things. And I'm going to diverge back for a second to a previous conversation about Mike Calvo and his frustration with uh, Humane, right? I, I think one of the reasons that he is so frustrated because right now we, we, we started this conversation on 11 Labs, which is a fairly new tool in, in the grand scheme of things, even though it's probably coming up on being about a year old, if not older. Yeah, something like that. Um, but it, it, it came out shortly in, in that time frame of, you know, chat GPT exploding, right? And even chat GPT is another one, right? And I know they've gotten this feedback because I have personally given it to them. <laughs> and I'm I've pretty also given sure, it to chat GPT. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but I have personally given it to them and then used their tool to tell me, like, what are these buttons? Because I don't know what they are. Uh, and who do I talk to to fix this? And, and then, you know, following that whole chain. So, like, I've done those things. Um, it is frustrating because we don't have, like, we're, we're not sitting around. I'm sorry. I know I was having a conversation with uh, a friend of mine the other day about, you know, the way customers sometimes treat you, right? They call up and want you to do a thing, and then they get mad about the bill or they're mad that you're going to bill them for a thing. And it's like, what did you think I'm doing over here? Just sitting, waiting for you to call up and need something? 
right? And I kind of feel like that, you know, on a frustration level with reporting accessibility feedback a lot because it's a, you know, what am I doing? Just sitting here using your tool to like, I have nothing else to do but try to help you make things better for me. Uh, it, it's a very frustrating situation. And I think one of Calvo's main frustrations is it, I, I think a lot of stuff built up and is built, continuing to build up. Uh, for a lot of people because we're seeing all of these new tools get released, whether it's AI specifically or something around AI, something in that space. And this is, you know, as we see the new wave, like this is the new thing that's going to hit the internet and change the way that people work, live, interact with, you know, the environment around them and the world at large. And like you said, it's 2023 and we're still having to go and say, hey, your buttons aren't labeled for a screen reader. Like really? Yeah. I get the I have to, I have to grab a sixteen year old and say, Hey, can you help me do this? And he's just like, Yeah, click, 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 and he was able to figure it out. And I don't know that it was because there's pictures and he was able to to intuitively see it, but but he's never used this tool before. And I feel like being someone um tech tech savvy enough that I am um, while I, after I sent that email, I recorded a episode for unmute presents that's going to go out today as we record. So Sunday. So if you're listening to technically working and you want to hear this episode, go and check out unmute presents and listen to Sunday's episode. You're going to get three pieces of content on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. If you subscribe to that feed, just to keep you informed. On Sunday's episode, I recorded a three-minute single-person explanation of Reaper terminology, uh, primarily focusing on tracks, takes, um, projects, and I think there's a couple of other things. Items. Thank you. Yep. Uh, And I got the script from... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You know? And and he hasn't. Uh, I haven't. I don't think you did. Did you? No. So uh, that that got published, and I decided, hey, why don't I record with Audio Hijack the process of creating this episode? And I'm just going to throw that out on social media. It's probably going to get put on Mastodon, or maybe we'll play it into next week's show. But the point of the matter is, is in like 30 minutes, I created both those two audio files. So technology navigation isn't a a problem for me, but when you run into these type of barriers that prevent you from being as effective and efficient as you know you can be that starts to to degrade your your mental impression of yourself and you start to question yourself and you start to say is it really something that i can do when you know ultimately that it is it's just you have that barrier of not being able to interact with the tool by yourself and you know that that kind of it is a very degrading experience first of all uh Hold on. I'm trying to put in some decent. That is not how you spell that word. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, then. All right. That does sometimes happen where you start to question, like, am, do I just not understand what I'm doing? Right? Do, do, am I just like a buffoon and like I shouldn't be trying to do this? And it, that that's, you know, similar feelings that you have when you're struggling in business and things aren't going well. Like you have a similar kind of feeling of like, why am I doing this? I should just go find a full-time 40-hour-a-week job and, you know, cut it out. Uh, stop pretending like I'm a business owner. Or when you look at all the masses of paperwork that you haven't filed or hadn't, 
you know, mm. cleaned up, and mm. you're like, what, what am I doing? Like, do I really need this headache? Hold on, you know. And it, it's it's really hard. Uh, everybody goes through this with business. And I think sometimes what frustrates me even more is, and we have a kind of unique view into this. Anybody working in customer service that deals with products has a unique view into this, which is we get customers that call up and they have questions and they are very basic questions, right? And I don't mean that to be, uh, you know, degrading at all. I'm just saying they're very basic questions, but not everybody inherently, like I feel like in a lot of ways, I inherently understand technology. I can figure it out, right? That, mm-hmm. that is a part of my um personality not everybody is like that not most people don't care or don't care about what chip is in their iphone they don't you know there's a lot a lot of those things that we you know know or we figure out so i think about some of the people that we're helping when it comes to customer service and what would they do faced with some of the challenges that we work around sometimes and sometimes can't work around and have to go get you know, uh, uh, in your case, a 16-year-old. In my case, uh, probably put some software on my computer. I really would rather not ever have anywhere near a computer, let alone, I don't even want anywhere near my network, let alone my actual laptop I work on, to get some, you know, help from Ira or something, right? Like, it, it, and that's, again, like, I feel like I've been thinking about this for a while. Like, and I, I couldn't really, I don't think I very well expressed why I was kind of in agreement with, with Mike Calvo's anger and frustration. Right. But I think it's because it's just every time it's like every, every time something new comes along, every time something new gets released. Uh, and I can even to a certain extent get the, the angst that the blind community across social media has a lot of times when a new product is announced from a company or like, well, what about us? They didn't mention accessibility. I get it. And it, it is because of things like this and because of, you know, oh, 11 laughs is great until you want to really go do a thing. And it's like, oh, well, now it's broken. Or, hey, one password works great. If you're just using this shortcut and you're filling in passwords and yada, yada. Oh, you want to go do this? Oh, well, you know, we never expected a blind person or a screen reader user to do this. Um, and I imagine, and I, I, and I say I imagine because I don't know. Like, I'm not in the position of having a different disability. Uh, but I imagine people with other disabilities face similar challenges like perhaps not the same thing you know but similar types of challenges and frustrations uh, because it it can be frustrating now on a larger scale some sighted people face general frustrations with technology because they don't get it but they have to get it or they have to use it because it's a part of what they need to do but they don't get it Uh, i've been fighting with sync for a couple of months i have not been having any problems with sync but a friend and customer of mine has been having all sorts of pains with sync.com. It's a the sync service, right? And it is, is frustrating. Right? It's just frustrating in general. Let me go back to that customer service thing and, and I'll wrap up this conversation with this and then we can talk about your recording setup unless you have something else to mention. Uh, you mentioned talking to some of the people who we work with and what would they do if they faced an accessibility challenge? First of all, that, that goes back to what you and Calvo in a way had said, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it as well. And that is, you know, we, we lived through the nineties, early two thousand saw the rise in the, in the internet, um, saw that it was 
po- yes, thank you, Adobe Flash, uh, saw that it was possible to be accessible and then saw that accessibility wasn't even considered. And, and we're going through another transition such as that where GPT of sorts will be part of your life. Um, it may not be open AI. It may not be Google, but similar to searching things on Google, people are going to be as familiar with that as they will uh, be with with GPT. They may not know that's what they're familiar with. They may just know it as, oh, I can ask Alexa and she's a lot more smarter now. Or, oh, I can chat with this tool on my computer and get the answer and a link to the website. And it gave, did all the quick research and skipped the ads for me. Um, I don't know how that's going to look, but that experience is something that accessibility is important to and teaching people how to use that and troubleshoot it I feel like shouldn't have to be a thing because accessibility should be built in, but we know that it's not. Uh, Mallory made the comment to me the other day. She said, you like to teach people how to do little things and and step-by-step things. So when they're faced with a challenge, they're able to navigate that challenge by saying, what happens if I do this? And I said, yeah, that's a good way to explain it. Um, she also expressed to me that I also I, I like to teach people to teach someone else those steps. Um, I'm thinking of a, a customer that we have that he didn't understand the internet at all, and now he's out teaching some people how their email works and the general concept of it. Um, and I he runs into an accessibility challenge, and it's it's difficult to express to him that you're not doing anything wrong. It's the website doesn't have their player exposed to the screen reader. Uh, and there's other challenges there too, but I won't get into that conversation. Yeah. But that is the empowering thing is where you can teach somebody and they go off and teach someone else. I want to just quickly touch on the integration of large language models. Um, right now so i was on a website that you're familiar with uh nerd wallet mm-hmm. and it's because i'm I'm looking at doing some uh some some cons- uh, a consolidation loan uh, but i did an internet search for something uh through don't, don't go i'm trying not to say google because i don't actually use google search but i realized that google has become like kleenex it's like if you're searching the internet it's google if you're getting a small tissue meant to wipe your nose it's a kleenex if you're chatting with something it's gpt it's gpt yeah exactly um and they have a ai uh or or a large language model bot on their site that you can ask questions to i didn't go into it and poke at it i was trying to read an article but it came up uh as a thing and i was like oh okay i see what they're doing they got a they got a bot here you know uh-huh. get that with you uh i forget what it was called it had like you know nerd nerd nerds on it but anyway right and this is just random like i'm reading a post on the website and it it, it wasn't you know, intrusive at all. It's just I got to the end of the article and I was, you know, looking around to see what other articles may have been relative to the information I was looking at. And yeah, you know, came across that. And I was like, oh, that's that's fascinating. But it is, it, it appears to me to kind of be the sort of uh, thing that we have been talking about trying to build, uh, which is, oh, you have some questions about, you know, products. Well, ask your question here. And then the, the you know, bot will do its best to help you before you have to be passed over to a human because you just want to know how to i don't know how do i put this speaker into pairing mode status uh yeah or 
And, and you know, it comes back with an answer, right? Like, same thing. So it, it is showing up everywhere in a lot of ways that people are not going to know what's powering this behind this. And as time goes on, you're going to you're going to see more and more of this type of integration and less of less of the focus being about GPT or Bard or Linny or whoever. Claude. Claude and, and, you know, like the actual model behind it or even what type of model or what company it is. It's going to kind of fade into the background. It's like, you know, most people don't think I, I bet if you did a general you stood outside of a walmart wouldn't recommend doing this but you stand outside of a walmart and you ask 10 people that come out of that walmart you know uh who owns youtube right they're gonna tell you google yep not gonna know alphabet is actually the parent company it's that sort of thing all right the the language models on how they're being used are gonna eventually fade into the background like that nobody's gonna tell you it's open ai or you know chat this or bar that or co-pilot etc so we'll talk more about a conversation i had related to llm and a automated bot earlier this week that gave me a phone call and why i thought it was a pleasant experience in the after show uh, but before we get to that what are you recording on today demasi all right i'd add a, I'd add a note to the to the marker Shout out to Clean Feet for these markers, though, man. I'm really <laughs> liking this. I, I like markers. They are nice. When you get them all set up in Reaper, and I'm going to learn how to automate some more of that, that uh, conversation down the road, but those markers are nice. Uh, so not a real huge discussion about the recording setup. I mentioned last week that I would be you know, doing some more experimentation to kind of figure out what works. Uh, I am really excited about the android switch over once my device arrives at the house because i know unless they've changed something on android and broken it uh, i can run clean feed from android uh, uh-huh. or join clean feed from android and chrome right that actually works so i'm really excited about that that possibility there what i'm doing today however is because we're still in clean feed and i have realized that we can't run clean feed uh, I can't use clean feed over the iPhone. Like that's not going to be a, a viable solution. So uh, I'm just using the portcaster plugged into the Mac, and I have my um, the Shure Beta 87A. <laughs> uh, simple pl- so you're just recording on the Mac. You're not recording on the um, portcaster at all. I am not recording on the portcaster today because i sat down and i was actually going to do that i, I was gonna I'll, I'll tell you the setup that i'm going to try to use for next week that i'm planning on using next okay. week uh and the reason it's not being done this week is because i sat down and realized like oh I, I got everything physically set up to do this but i hadn't went and tweaked my audio hijack stuff and mm, yeah. it's like oh <laughs> get into the problem like if i would have still been on the vocaster when i plugged in i would have heard mike i would have heard mike in my right ear but i would have heard mike when i first got in clean feed which would have told me oh i need to take mike out of my right ear stop sending chrome's audio to the right ear uh virtual device well because that virtual device isn't wired up to go to the portcaster i plug it in and i hear absolutely nothing (laughs) Uh, so i had to get some little software things fixed out because i hadn't thought about it and it's because i'm just used to you know going audio hijack start recording uh, what I'm going to do, I have done some test recordings here with um, line in. So my microphone plugged into input one and then using a uh, using the stereo in out uh, mix minus headphone jack on the top 
uh, for bringing the phone in, right? So I did like a very quick little short. It wasn't anything to share because I just was testing, but I had the, my microphone was on the left channel and the Smart Vision 3 was on the right channel, right? Brought that track into Reaper. I almost texted Mark to be like, hey, what's the keyboard command to explode a track? I think is what it's called. <laughs> yep, explode. And explode then I was like, you know, item into multiple tracks. Yep, that's what it is. That's exactly what it says, actually. It's explode item into multiple tracks. Uh, well, I decided to be smart and just press F4 and Reaper and search for explode. And then I found it and also saw that there's not a shortcut set for this uh, with the configuration I'm using. Uh, but that did work. So my intention was, and I'll do this next week, is I will do a backup recording on the podcaster. So my mic will be on the left channel. I'm going to run a um, TRRS cable from the headphone jack of the MacBook Air into the input jack of the podcaster and send Mike's audio down that channel uh, and just Mike's audio down that channel so that I have Mike on the right channel of the podcaster recording because it only does a stereo recording. That's one of the negatives to this device. I really do wish it had the ability to just do regular multi-track, uh, but that will give me two independent channels of audio so I could explode that item in Reaper and be able to edit the show with each of us now being on our own separate uh, mono tracks inside of Reaper. So stay tuned because maybe at some point in the near future we will record slash live stream both of us from Android and using a audio interface. That would be interesting. I don't know that I'm comfortable <laughs> with that. We, we 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 could do that if we put one or both of our computers in clean feed as well and uh, had them record audio hijack so we're more comfortable with the fact that we actually have a backup. I, that would make me feel better, but then try to just use the the, the, the port, audio the, from our phones. Yeah, that that uh, I'm working up to that. That's why I wanted to try to do this today, but I'm gonna have to do it next week. But I'll still have the computer here because right now all this all the podcaster is doing is just basically serving as a audio interface, right? That, mm -hmm. That's pretty much all it's doing today. Next week it'll actually be serving as a backup recording, a backup to the backup actually, because we'll be recording clean feed. I'll still have audio hijack running. But I also have a recording onto the micro SD card uh, there to test that out. Because at the bare end, like we may, depending on, we'll figure it out. Depending on circumstances, sometimes we may be able to do a recording without a live stream happening. But we'll have a recording and a backup recording. And for me, that's the primary thing. It's like, what is the, and I'm also working on a kid. I don't think I mentioned this on the show. But one of my goals here is what's the minimum setup that I can record technically working with because if I can record technically working um, then I'm good because any other audio work I have to do is going to be fairly basic you know beyond that so uh, and I want to share the results of that once I get here ideally what I want to be able to do at some point and you may have to just run the stream like from the back because I don't think there's going to be too many situations where both of us will not be able to get to a Mac right uh, but in a pinch, I believe what we could do is what you said. Like we could, you know, from the phone, go to clean feed, use clean feed on mobile. I can run audio into to the podcaster record there. Uh, the one thing that I feel like in this particular instance that the vocaster is not good for is because it does not have its own power. It will yep. kill a battery. 
yep. super quick. And the port cast are having its own battery in power. So I right now I have it plugged up to a USB C cable to, you know, power it so it's not even burning the battery. But more to come. More to come for sure. Certainly. So fifty eight minutes, probably about fifty seven. Do you have another shortest topic or do you want to wrap it up? So I want to go back to a topic. I don't know that we've touched on this specifically in technically working. I know we did talk quite a bit about it uh, during the previous show that we were running, though, uh, and that's credit building. So I started my credit building journey, uh, I'll say shortly before the lockdowns of 2020 is when I really kind of had gotten serious about like, okay, I got to get my credit fixed. Here we are roughly uh, about, call it maybe four years later. Yeah, because I've done two of those self-builder loans. So yeah, about four years later uh, from the start of this, which, you know, seems like, man, four years. But I got approved for an Apple car yesterday. Wow. Nice. So, and my point here is like, well, first I got approved for Amazon. So I'll tell you the story of how I got here in the first place. Uh, so I was on Amazon looking at something. I think I was looking at M3 MacBook Pros or something. Just like, oh, what is this? Amazon have a deal uh, or anything like that. I wasn't going to buy one. I promise you I wasn't. I was looking because I wanted to know if they had a deal. I had discounts on them already. And apparently Apple will do price matching if a authorized Apple product distributor has a lower price than they did when you has a lower price than what Apple has when you buy a product from Apple, they will price match it for you. Uh, it's the thing I heard. I have not actually tried to implement that, but that's mm-hmm. why I was kind of looking like, huh? So there was an option there to, you know, you, know, you get this, this, and this with your Amazon store card. So I'm like, all right, see if you're approved without any impact to your credit score. That's important. Those are the key words that made me even start down this whole path right here is because it's like, See if you're pre-qualified without any impact to your credit score. I was like, oh, okay, well, that can't hurt nothing. They'll probably tell me no because I don't think I'm there yet, but okay. Uh, oh, you're approved for this amount, and all you need to do is just hit this uh, continue button See, you got Apple's uh, Amazon <laughs> store card. I was like, oh, okay then. Uh, 5% cash back on all Amazon purchases is why I took this card. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, and I want, I, I'm saying that for two reasons. Number one, this is actually the reason I took the car because I didn't have to take it. But also be mindful when applying for cars, what type of benefits you get. We spend enough money on Amazon that 5% cash back on Amazon purchases is huge. Like that, that'll make a difference at the end of the, over the course of a year, for sure. Uh, definitely way better than the 1.5% cash back I was getting on my Quicksilver card uh, when I bought something on Amazon, right? Way better. So, got the Amazon card. I was like, okay, cool. Huh. What's your goal to give me an Apple card? They're probably going to say no, but let me go see. And then Apple's like, you can see if you're pre-approved without any, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) It's Christmas time. They know people need the credit. (laughs) Uh, It's like, without any impact to your credit score. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, definitely let's try this then. Oh, well, look, I got approved for an Apple card. Well, look at there. Oh, it's it's in my wallet right now. I get 3% back on all my subscriptions I pay to Apple every month. I like that. Uh, Oh, man. Well, see, first of all, I got to say congratulations. That's awesome because I know that's been a journey you've been going through. We've both been going through. And it's 
it's always exciting to to achieve those milestones and and find that success. And it sounds like the process was accessible and maybe a little too simple to go through, but that is awesome. And uh, congratulations! Oh, it, it was thanks for the congratulations. And that that's that's why I wanted to talk about this. Like not to brag, like hey, check me out. I got my Apple card. Like I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. Like other than three percent cash back on the money they get from me every month anyway. Uh, on a side note, I did not cancel my Apple One Premiere. Um, neither did we, I will, well, I'll tell you why after we're not streaming because I'm not sure if the kids are around here and if she's listening out of her speaker or out of her headphones, I can't give away a Christmas gift. Uh, but it was related to a Christmas gift was the first thing that started me down the pathway of being like, well, no, I'll just keep it. Uh, because I needed to keep arcade. I can say that I need to keep arcade, uh, Apple arcade. So I would have had to pay for it anyway, or they wouldn't have got maximum use of this gift. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and when I looked at the numbers, it's like, well, if I pay for Apple Music, families, it's got to have that. I can't give up my music. Uh, two TB of iCloud stores, that's 10 bucks. When I add in Apple Arcade, uh, I'm almost paying what I'm paying now. Uh, right. So may as well just keep the bump. Might as well just keep it and get whatever other benefits it comes with that I may or may not use. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Keeps Apple TV Plus in, in place. Yep. So there's that, which has gone up to 10 bucks, by the way. Like, jeez, man. But yeah, it did. And I, I told you, it was like, I hit that milestone sooner than I thought I was. Like, So I tried for an Apple car earlier this year, and that was more or less not, and I wanted to see if I would get it, but it was more or less, okay, how much improvement have I made? Like, I could look at my credit scores, but that doesn't tell me what the creditors think about me at that point. Right. So I just tried an Apple card because I was like, you know, 3% cash back on my Apple purchase and whatever. And it's super easy to apply for an Apple card because it's just going to wallet app and they're usually shoving it in your face. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's see. Let's let's do a temperature test here. And this was May mm-hmm. of this year. And it was like, nope, we ain't giving you nothing. I was like, all right. right. Uh, not super hurt by that situation. Not at all. Because one, apparently, despite Apple's protestations, like it's not been easy for anyone to just get an Apple card uh, through Goldman because Goldman is the backing bank there, right? So they're a little bit rougher, apparently. Or, you know, whatever. There, there's There's been issues. Not everybody you would expect to be able to get an Apple card has an Apple card. I'll put it to you that way. I know several people that shouldn't be able to get them that got denied because uh, their credit score is amazing. It's like, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm chasing you now, man. I'm getting there. <laughs> uh, and then the reason I tried Apple Card yesterday after getting approved for the Amazon card is because of Synchrony being the backing bank for Amazon. And Synchrony has never given me anything in my life. So you're like, might as well try it now. I was like, oh, Synchrony gave me something. Let's see if Goldman will give me a, oh, okay, well, nice. Okay, look, so now I have two store cards, right? And the reason I chose these two cards, one, I'm not going to go apply for a whole bunch of stuff because I don't have the time to do the research nor the patience, and I don't need to take any more hits to the credit score. We're going to keep working on pulling that on up, keep working on that. But I have managed to cover two of my most, routine monthly expenses which is amazon purchases and apple because we do subscribe and save for a few things and there are subscriptions that go through apple three percent back on all apple purchases awesome i like that that'll start to add up over the year because these are monthly recurring subscriptions any any app store purchase any subscription through apple uh any hardware etc right 
which means I'm getting 3% back for the monthly Apple Care I'm paying for for devices too. Like all of that kind of, you know, loops back into itself. Uh, Amazon, 5% cash back on Amazon purchases. Like, hey, that, that again, that's awesome. Love it. Uh, we'll take that all day. So, uh, but yeah, made that milestone, man. I am very happy about it. My next step for me on a personal, so there's two two steps for me now. Wait, what was that noise? Did I lose Mike? No, you should still hear me. Huh? What was that noise I just heard? There? Uh, I Clubhouse. might have clicked my tongue and then hit mute at the same time. Could that have been it? Nope. It sounded like one of those little oh. chime noises type of things. I think it might have been Club Deck. Uh, so now that I've reached that, because I didn't expect that milestone to happen probably until May of next year. May, June of next year is when I was going to try for anything. So I've reached that milestone. So now I can continue on what I've been doing. Uh, there's two decisions, I think. One decision is to start working on building business credit now uh, for Bedrock Innovations. And I think I'm going to try to leverage my Amazon business account to get that process started because I think they'll give me net 30 invoicing so I can place an order and then I got 30 days to pay for it instead of paying for it right. up front. That'll just start to build that credit because this is how I got where I am now, like just slow building uh, of stuff. Mike gave me two excellent tips when I when, when I first started on this journey that I'm going to share with other people. Uh, I had the idea and did it myself of doing a secured credit card. If your credit score is low, get you a secured credit card, put a little balance on it, use it responsibly. Uh, that helps. The two things that Mike told me about, uh, one was self-credit builder. Uh, they're at self.inc, self.inc. Uh, they basically give you an account where you make monthly payments, but on paper, it looks like they've given you a loan for 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or something. I, I think you can pick the amount. Uh, and then you're just making those monthly payments back each month is, is the way it gets reported to the credit bureau. That helped me. I did that twice, actually. I've done two of those. I just closed out the second one uh, about two months ago. That I know helped a lot. The other tip that Mike gave me that I'll share, and again, use it responsibly because you can't get yourself in trouble, is Affirm or these pay later services. Mike specifically told me about Affirm at the time. Uh, I did a small purchase with Affirm and paid that off in, in the normal you know payment structure. I had the money to make the purchase. I just did Affirm, right? And I continued to do that. Now, last Christmas, I probably got a little heavy-handed with the Affirm. <laughs> just, being, just being honest. Yep. Yeah, uh, but in general, it has been a responsible use for me. Like I will sometimes do a checkout with a firm, even though I have the money for a product, because I'm thinking about their reporting my payments back to a credit to all three credit bureaus. And oftentimes, I will pay off my firm loans a little early. I'll go through you know six, seven, eight months of paying them, depending on what right. it is, and then just pay it off so I get rid of that monthly you know subscription basically. Uh, but I think those three things. Uh, have been extraordinarily helpful to me pulling my credit from being in the low fives when I started to, you know, high sixes at this point. I'm not quite, I haven't quite, I haven't passed that seven barrier yet. Still, still under that 700, but I'm getting there. And and I think an important thing to think about, and we will wrap it up after this, is um, while you're going through this journey, look at what you're spending monthly. and. I don't want to use the big B word, the, the the budget word, because I think that is a that is definitely a word that I have 
been afraid of slash stepped away from, don't want to talk about, no, if you say that, we're not going to do it. But when you put it down and you say, I'm paying this much money every month for these items, and if I pay these four phones off, for example, or take advantage of a promotion that's available, then I can save myself $80 a month, and that $80 a month can go to pay this thing that I might only owe $160 on, and then that frees up another $40 a month. And you start stacking that up, and all of a sudden you have two, three, four hundred $400 a month, and you're like, huh, where'd that money come from? And it's because you paid off these things that might just, just be staying in your way, I guess is the best way to put it. Because you're so. making minimal payments or, or yep. you know, you're, you're not looking at restructuring things. And you're right. I want to interject right here very quickly. Neither one of us are financial professionals. And you should <laughs> yes, do your yes. own due diligence or consult your uh, financial professional. We are sharing our experience uh, and what we have done uh, and are doing because I'm continually on that journey because I'm going to get all the way to that magical eight. eight. 50 or whatever it is and then i'm gonna blow it all <laughs> like oh you'll give me a loan for a jet all right <laughs> you get this money back you're gonna find me <laughs> but yeah i budgets budget budget I, I think the reason you're resistant to budget and the reason i'm kind of resistant to the word budget which i used it the other day when i was talking to tia uh but I think one of the reasons I'm resistant to it too is because when you have looked at other people's like budget, like I just did some budgeting work for Bedrock Innovations, right? And that started me mm-hmm. down the path of also auditing my personal. I think that's the word I like better is yep. auditing my experience. Yeah. Uh, like, do I really need this? Or what if I go ahead and pay that off? Yes, that lessens the money in my pocket this month, but over the course of the next 12 months, I have X amount of dollars. I have an extra $80 or an extra $200 every month for the next 12 months mm-hmm. uh, that I could either be putting into clearing up another piece of debt or just going into a savings account, right? Because take the money away because I was living with that $200 going out or, or 100 bucks or whatever going out yeah. every month. So just keep pretending like it's not there. Yep. And sometimes uh, you just got to do it. Just got to make it work, man. Gotta Tear the bandaid off. <laughs> Rip it off, man. Uh, yeah. How do people reach out to us? You can get to us on, we're on Mastodon, both of us. He's Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. I'm Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. And uh, you can email in if you prefer to do it that way. Uh, feedback at technicallyworking.show. And I'm working on a technically working GPT, custom GPT. So uh, might call for some help next week with testing that. All right.